Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Big. Strong. Yes. Welcome to Big Strong Yes, the show where we share our journey of reading three books that are inspiring us to embrace courage, creativity, and the call to adventure. Rising Strong by Dr. Brene Brown, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Today's episode is our Big Strong Yes finale. And in the spirit of what's your favorite part, we're going to share our favorite moments and clips from the show. Yeah, so basically this is going to be a clip show. It's going to be kind of fun. We've been spending the last couple of weeks going back, listening to the episodes, picking out our favorite parts, and there were a lot. We had to pare it down. We pared it down to 10, and then we pared it up to 12. So. <laughs> <laughs> because we rebel against all rules, that's why. <laughs> yes, we do. Screw them rules. Screw them um, rules. All right, so it starts with our favorite parts. So I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, with one of mine, one of my all-time favorite moments in the entire run of the show um, was when you um, in BSY number 26, um, you wrote uh, this this SFD that you thought was so awful, you know, <laughs> oh my God. and I thought, I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and I also love it because we kind of reframed that shit bitch, which is one of the things we've sort of picked up. So I'm going to go ahead and play that now. But to get out of the shame storm, like, I realized I needed three magical ingredients. Mm -hmm. So I needed this empathy from friends. I needed wise words from a book. And I needed a writing prompt. And so the friends helped me see that my real fear here was facing this chapter. I mean, yeah. dear God, this reading. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> uh, and the reading from the book inspired this week's closing quote mm -hmm. that we'll get to at the end. And the writing prompt, I'm blaming on you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You asked me for a writing prompt, and I gave you one. <laughs> yes, you did. And so I took it and wrote what I thought was like a shame-filled SFD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the people that have read it have not interpreted it that way. Mm -hmm. And as much as sharing my writing terrifies me, you know, this is a podcast about courage, goddammit, and so I'm yep. going to read it. <laughs> Good for you. I think it's show. amazing. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, here we go. And this is when I need wine, and I don't have any. I know that sucks. I'm sorry, baby. All right. So the prompt was, there's a crack in everything. It's how the light gets in. And this was my response. I always thought there was a hole in me, or more than a hole, really, more like a wall missing from the mysterious self stuff that forms our integrity and boundaries and lines. Maybe it's a missing door, a gap that never closes, that I can never seal completely off, that's always open to anyone willing to walk around a little in search of a less secure entrance. I don't have strong walls. I am impulsive, verging on reckless. I give into temptation far more often than I resist it. I overindulge on everything that makes me feel good. And if you're hanging out with me, I will encourage you to do the same. This also makes me very damn fun to hang out with. If you seek certain things, you'll have a good time with me. You'll feel more awake, more creative, and more inspired. You'll feel sexier and wildly encouraged and deeply cared for, too. When you're with me, you'll laugh more and talk more and drink more and find your way pretty damn quickly into my bed or someone else's <laughs> because I am supercharged with romantic energy and that's just hard to resist after a while. I'll make you feel like you're on vacation because the runnings and routines of daily life bore the ever-loving hell out of me 
are like you have the complete attention of a guru who believes in you and your unique abilities. Honestly, because I do, and I'm a fierce encourager. Or like your imagination has been dialed up to 11, because I love helping people tap into their creative energy. Or that your sexuality is a new form of poetry, because it can be, and chances are I'll be happy to read it with you. Or like new things are possible, because visioning is my favorite form of play, and I want you to play too. I'll take your hand and lead you in search of magic, baby, and it will be all kinds of fun. But I'll do this even if you're married, or even if we both need to be at work early the next morning, or even if there's laundry that desperately needs to be done at home, or even if the loving of you will end up hurting me in the long run. I don't have strong walls. So how do I turn the gaping hole into a crack that's wide enough to let a little magic in without being big enough to bring the ceiling crashing down on a regular basis? How can I wrangle a free spirit into something that is not a force of destruction? How can I let the light into my own kind of darkness? Yeah, I love that. I think that's so fantastic. And as soon as I heard that, I wrote you back and I was like, you are a trickster goddess. (laughs) My face is so red right now. (laughs) No, but I love that. And the thing is that like I, you know, like everybody else who read it, I didn't see shame in that. It felt like a a glorious claiming of who you are and the way that you encourage people and the way that you bring life and light to people. And I don't see that as darkness. I just, I don't see that in you. What I see is this sprightly energy, you know, the trickster goddess saying, bring it on, baby. Let's do this thing. <laughs> right. And I, I think that's that so wonderful. <laughs> like, so when I read that, I didn't, I didn't get shame from that at all. Which was amazing to me because yeah. having you say that sort of made me relook at a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but this was, you know, prompting from last week's discussion mm-hmm. of, you know, being afraid of the things that I like right, or the right, things right. that I see in myself and mm-hmm. reframing that in a different sort of way. Where I mean, obviously, some of this is exaggerated, <laughs> but but writing what started out as an F- SFD mm-hmm. and trying to kind of channel it through some sort of self-understanding and sharing it Mm -hmm. and then getting back this response of someone saying hey you know what this is actually a good thing here's a different way to look at it Mm -hmm. was really amazing for me so i love you as the trickster goddess i think it makes so much sense you know for who you are and i loved that sfd i thought it was so beautifully written and you are so poetic the way you write things, you know, it's like it's a kind of poetry that I like. <laughs> I still can't believe that I read that on the show. And, like, <laughs> of course, you picked that for the. For it's the one clip. of my favorite moments. It is one of my favorite moments. All okay. right, let's go to your favorite moment. What's your next? Clip? Okay, so the clip that I pulled, um, I cheated a little and combined a few from one episode, but this was from the BSY number eleven, the Rising Strong finale. When you talked about the power of podcasting and why you love it, and this was, I think, the first time I called you a mythic heroine, um, <laughs> and then <laughs> we kind of got some some good reflections about shame, and I just, I love the Rising Strong finale episode as a whole, um, mm-hmm. and so these are some of my favorite parts, and hearing you talk about your passion for podcasting just lit me up and made me grin, and I love this clip. 
It doesn't matter what you're passionate about. Like you do a podcast about it and the people who love that thing are going to find you. Mm -hmm. And then you find your community, you find your people, you find your nerds, you know, and that to me, I think is, is the most wonderful thing about podcasting. And there's this thing that, um, that people in any creative industry and like, you know, I've seen this in writing. I've seen this like everywhere, you know, that, um, people want to go in and they want to shut the door behind them. You know, mm-hmm. they want to say, you're not good enough. You, there are reasons why I can do this thing, but you can't. You don't take it seriously enough. You're not doing good enough work. You're not like all this kind of really judgmental stuff. Um, and uh, and I've seen it in writing and I've seen it in podcasting. And I have absolutely no patience for it because the more creation there is in the world, the more people are out there sharing their experiences and sharing their voices, the better off we all are and it's not about oh that's one more person i have to compete with it's that there's that's one more person out there doing the work in the arena doing the thing making something meaningful to them and that to me is the magic of being human that's the magic of what it is to to be alive is what you create while you're here and what you leave behind I was telling Mandy Kay, actually, our wonderful, you know, graphic designer for Big Strong. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about you. And I was saying, in terms of, like, mythic heroism, what you have given (laughs) to the world is is really exceptional. And if Helen of Troy was the face that launched a thousand ships, then Lonnie Day and Rich is the voice that launched a thousand podcasts. Because (laughs) you have encouraged so many people to do Aww. this and it's and it's just amazing and i will say as the inexperienced newbie unsure person who you know was asked to podcast with her hero and thought oh holy shit how- <laughs> there's no way i'm turning this down but i don't know how to Aww. do this thing <laughs> like you if, did great yeah. if someone asks you to podcast with them just do it Rising strong after a fall ain't easy (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's not tidy and it's not polite and it's not linear, you know, and Mm -hmm. to quote Dr. Who, it's more of a wibbly wobbly, (laughs) tiny wimey process. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) If you can learn the steps and dance the dance, you know, and get back up to stand beautiful in the moonlight, even if the barn has burned to ash all around you, you can do anything. And, and I think that that's really true, you know, so um, and telling your truth is always the best thing to do, even when it's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your yeah. real friends, mm-hmm. your your this must tall, you know, must be this tall friend. Yes, <laughs> are going to love you in spite of that, and uh-huh. they're they're going to help you integrate the ugly and the dark. We all have light and darkness in us, but shame cannot survive the power of me too. You know, me too is is our is our weapon. Me too is our torch. And, you know, sharing stories is the best way to help each other heal and overcome and and be better and live better. And so I think storytelling is our gift and our birthright as humans. And and we're all allowed to use Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the more we do, the the better the the world will be. So I just love this so much. This was my (laughs) preacher before she named herself as a story (laughs) preacher. I just, I love it. And, you know, you have inspired so many people in so many ways of creative work. And I just think it's fantastic. 
Oh, thank you. I mean, it's, you know, I will kind of own the voice that launched a thousand podcasts. Yes. <laughs> and I love it because like I've I've kind of like a lot of people have been listening to me. They've been listening to you talk about story. So they talk about story in the way that I talk about story. And so I like having a lot of people out there talking about all the shows that I don't have time to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but they're doing <laughs> such a great. So I can listen to all these people and they're so smart and they're so great. So I really do love that people who listen to me have started podcasting on their own because I just love the shows that they do. And yeah. it gives me stuff that I can listen to. So honestly, it's it's incredibly selfish. But yeah, no, I it's great. Podcast. And, and it's funny, you said, you know, that you like when I write poetic. And for me, like my favorite two Lonnie styles is preaching and ranting. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a nice segue into the next clip. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which is the unfucking yeah. um, which is one of my one of the things that like when I did it, I was all fired up and I was all ranty and I was all angry and I curse a lot. So if you're listening in the car with your kids, just a warning. Um, <laughs> uh, you, uh, what, what a shock that I'm going to be cursing a lot in a rant called oh, the unfucking. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> like, how much more can I love it? Ranting and tons of cussing. It's fantastic. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, let's give it a listen then. We were talking about this whole, like, you know, forgiveness thing and that I couldn't forgive myself. So, of course, I couldn't forgive him. And then, you know, uh, over on the Discord channel, people have been like, oh, my God, like, it is rumbling with it. Like, everybody is processing the idea of forgiveness. And we're all talking Mm -hmm. about it from these different perspectives. And it truly is like this group rumble where everybody's like, well, Mm -hmm. but here's the thing about forgiveness and why should you have to forgive somebody? And then, you know, you forgive them and they're what off the hook, they're absolved. And it's this whole big thing, you know? Um, So it's, it's been really interesting. I don't want to share anything, you know, from the discord chat because that's, that's kind of a a very private and sort of like a really sacred space right now. Um, But one of the things that we were talking about is that we were looking for another word for the concept of of releasing the anger and resentment without it having you know bugger all to do with the perpetrator because you know fuck him you know like um so i don't know my nomination was the unfucking you know that like you (laughs) you unburden yourself of all the bullshit that they did to you and that you don't have to forgive them because it's this whole thing you know you the anger, yes, absolutely, is bad for you. And and um, the resentment and holding on to all of those bad feelings, yeah, you know, that's, that's bad for you. And you should absolutely release that, you know. But to forgive someone who isn't sorry, who continues the behavior that hurt you in the first place, no. You know, like, and, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, why should my release of this anger, my release of this hurt and this betrayal and all of those horrible things be contingent upon this asshole who continues to do all the bullshit stuff that hurt me in the first place. Or my mother, who I forgave over and over and over again, and then just did the same thing over and over and over again. My brother, who I forgave over and over and over, and who came back and did it again and again and again. Like, I have forgiven people. I know that I can forgive people because I do it all the time. And anybody who has ever been actually sorry and has stopped, you know, the behavior that was hurting me, that was fine. I've forgotten it. Like, you know, forgive and forget. Boom, done. Like life is too mm-hmm. short to hold on to that stuff. But I don't see why my ability to move on with my life is now dependent on me forgiving this asshole, 
You know, like, why is that a thing that I have to do? What do I owe him? Nothing. I don't owe him forgiveness, you know? And so on page 150, Brene Brown says, I wasn't surprised to find a growing number of empirical studies showing that forgiveness positively correlates with emotional, mental, and physical well-being. And I would argue that correlation is not causation. Forgiveness allows you to release what happened and move on, but it is not the only path to releasing what happened and moving on. You do not have to forgive anybody and then she goes into this thing from Archbishop Tutu where and I mean you know I have tons of respect for Archbishop Tutu and all of the Tutus and I love saying Tutu so I'm going to talk about him as much as humanly possible but he says remaining in that state locks you in a state of victimhood making you almost dependent on the perpetrator but I would argue that telling a victim that they have to forgive their perpetrator is actually what does that it's putting the weight of everything on the victim it's now the victim's job to unfuck everything and forgive that asshole no and then later on page 152 he even says you can even help the perpetrator to become a better person too well you know what not my fucking job tutu I am not here to make him a better person that's his goddamn job and whether he does it or not has nothing to do with whether or not I'm going to get over this or I'm going to heal from this so that might be one of my favorite Lonnie rants of all time. Cussing <laughs> <laughs> oh, and fire and correlation is not the same thing as causation. <laughs> Raising hell and it's so fantastic. <laughs> oh, and then I come down on poor Archbishop Tutu. <laughs> well, you know, he kind of had it coming. <laughs> A hundred percent team Lonnie in this rant. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate the support. <laughs> and it's, it's such a great example of defining terms. Right. You know, and so over the, the course of BSY, you know, we made up a lot of words and <laughs> concepts and frameworks and that just, you know, delights me to no end. And so that kind of brought us to our next clip, which I pulled <laughs> because this never fails to make me laugh. Um, from BSY 16, when we were reading Big Magic, and Elizabeth Gilbert told me not to define my terms. Right. <laughs> Just like telling you not to breathe. Right. <laughs> but it's really funny because I didn't realize how much, like, defining my terms or even saying define your terms, like how much that had become part of me yeah. until we did Big Strong Yes. Oh, yeah. So. No. <laughs> I didn't realize it either. <laughs> And I love hearing other people say, define your terms. Like, it no, just... it's fantastic. It is like the, the clarion call of the big strong yes is define <laughs> your terms. So let's go ahead and listen to the clip. So how about you? What did you resist? So on page 120, she said, I beg you not to worry about such definitions and distinctions. Then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. It will tell Dr. Kelly Jones uh not to worry about defining things. Yeah, it will only weigh you down, and we need we need you to stay as light and unburdened as possible in order to keep you creating. And I was like, "You have got to be kidding me!" (laughs) Like she literally the queen of define your terms, right? right? She literally just told me not to define my terms. (laughs) Like what the hell? Oh my god! So, I mean, really. I, just, I love it. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> just, like, sure, this will be me walking around, yeah. not defining my terms. Here I am, not defining them, because yeah. Elizabeth Gilbert told me no. Yeah, that shit so, is never right. going to happen. <laughs> 
but it did don't crack get me weighed up. down with definitions and distinctions dr jones i can't do it <laughs> <laughs> but i can laugh at myself for not being able to do it i love that so much <laughs> <laughs> all of my love for elizabeth gilbert it's just never gonna happen i, I know <laughs> Always so going is, to be a woman who defines my terms. This is a clip show of us basically yelling at the women who inspired us to do the I show. No, it's terrible. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> All right. So uh, my next one is kind of a little bit more serious. Um, it's uh, the beautiful in the moonlight from oh, BSY number three, um, yep. which was fairly early in the run and um, was kind of a defining moment for me in the process of, of being able to do BSY. This was the moment when I kind of realized what this could be. Um, and, uh, and so it was, it was kind of, uh, it was, it was tough. So anyway, we'll go ahead and listen to this one. I can't even introduce it. It's, Defining your terms is so much more fun. All right. (laughs) On page 58, she quotes Mizuda Masahide, um, who wrote, Barnes burnt down, now I can see the moon. And when I read that, I just started to, I mean, I wept when I read that. And so, like, I mean, I had the, like you're saying, the amygdala, like I had the emotional response before I understood intellectually why I was having that response. Right. So I reckoned with it. I practiced my reckoning and it was really, it was kind of cool. It's like, why did this hit me so hard? What was it about this that made me just fall apart? And I realized that it was, it was gratitude. Like, I'm going to work the metaphor for a little bit. So forgive me because I'm, I'm working it pretty hard, but I lived in a shitty ass barn for like six years. I mean, it was full of crap and broken glass and dark areas that I either didn't want to see or I wasn't allowed to look at. But he told me it was a castle and I was like, okay, sure, it's a castle, you know, fine. And then after six years of that, he lit the place on fire and left me and my kids still inside. Like he burned it down and I had sacrificed and compromised and worked my ass off to avoid the broken glass, the dark shadows, all for him because I thought it would make him happy in this thing that he saw as a castle. And I believed, I truly believed it was a castle and that my understanding of the broken glass and the dark places was just wrong. I ignored that and I ignored it for him because I loved him. And then he burned it down and left me in the middle of it to choke and die in the smoke without even caring about what happened to me and to my kids. And for a long time, I was just, my head was down. Like all I could see was the ash and the shadows and the broken glass. And sometimes the broken glass would reflect the moonlight back at me, but I never looked at it directly. It was always a fractured reflection. And I didn't want to believe that there was anything in existence, but my pain and that ash and what he did to me and how unfair it all was. And now I think I'm starting to look up, you know, like I'm seeing the moon and I'm realizing that the barn was nothing, you know, it held me back. It kept me in a prison and I didn't need it. And I'm so much more beautiful standing in the real moonlight than I ever was in the shadows of that imaginary castle, that that shitty ass barn, you know? Yeah. And when I realized that what I was feeling when I was weeping like that, you know, wasn't anger and it wasn't sadness and it wasn't grief, but it was gratitude Mm -hmm. that I could finally look up and see that like, God, it just killed me, (laughs) you know, and it was it was actually kind of like a, a really wonderful experience to feel 
gratitude for like the first time in a while right. a gratitude for this thing that had happened to me that was so destructive right and yet it's so much better now than it was when i was living inside those walls oh, so that was what i i mean what did it what did it do for oh, you oh you're amazing i just have to sit here with your words for a minute because <laughs> the idea of standing beautiful in the real moonlight is just an image i'm going to keep with me forever it's still one of my favorite moments and as hard as it was, I think BSY number three is when the show got real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it. That was the moment that I, I think I understood what BSY was going to be, you know, mm -hmm. up until then I was like, okay, let's do this thing. Let's see what happens. Who knows? You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but BSY number three, um, when we really started talking deeply about these things, um, it was, uh, it was really powerful for me personally, you know, and, um, and it, it, this is when I understood what we were doing and, uh, and it became kind of something that I, I could do and, and feel like it was the right thing to do. And like, we were doing it well, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that Rising Strong, you know, gave you some of the things to help you, but you brought beautiful in the moonlight to that and, and to everyone who listened and to me and it's, it stayed with me. So like one of my favorite things to do uh, every month when there's a full moon is to go out on my back porch yeah. and mm -hmm. listen to music and just kind of stare up at the moon. And every time I think of you saying beautiful in the moonlight, yeah. like it just, it just stays with me. It's wonderful. Yeah. That was a, uh, that was pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> But if we go from that moment at the beginning of the show to the end of the show, um, we jump into my favorite homework assignment of all time. And then <laughs> this wonderful claiming of your power, um, which just shows how far you, you've come, you know, over the run of the show and also gives us this, you know, Lonnie is a preacher that I love so much. And so... I mixed two clips uh, together because I was cheating on the <laughs> clip limit rule. So <laughs> the assigning of the homework is from BSY 27. And then your definition of the answer for that homework is from BSY 28. All right, let's play it. People inspire other people that when you do something that's good for you, you make it safe for other people to do things that are good for them. And that's I right. want everybody to claim their special power. And if you don't know what it is, take some time, figure it out. You know, <laughs> um, it sometimes takes a while for you to realize what your power is. And I think that my power has to do with communication and with reaching people and with building community, you know, and, and the thing is that I'm always like, well, I don't want to be, you know, I'm the leader of the community, but I don't want to suck the air out of the room. I don't want to be like, oh, it's all about Lonnie, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? Like I have this thing. I've been given this community. People, for reasons of their own, have decided that I have something to say that's of interest to them, and they listen to me. So why yes. not use that power for good instead of using it to slap myself in the face? Like, I'm not doing anybody any good by shrinking away from that power. But if I embrace it, and I do something good with it, power isn't always evil. It's just usually evil, because the people who are comfortable with it are usually evil. So <laughs> let's step up good people with good power and do some shit, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes.
I love this so much. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's crazy. I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm not going to say that that wasn't a little bit of fake until you make it. I'm not going to say that I'm I'm comfortable with this level of badassery, but badassery on one shoulder, swagger on the other man. That's how I'm going through life from here on out. I love it. It's got to be it. (laughs) And in the loving of this, (laughs) in your badass swagger Mm -hmm. has inspired your homework. Oh my God. What are you telling me? So and actually, I can't tell you how fucking happy this makes me. <laughs> like, I have chills in all the good places. Oh, Because I hear you and, and believe this completely. I mean, I, I just love seeing you come into it. Mm-hmm. And I hear you talk about this power, which I see and believe and is yours. What I'd like you to do for homework is define your terms. Oh, God, I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I would like a definition of your power. Okay. Fucking crystal clear and specific. The most beautiful definition that has ever <laughs> been written. I would like the full dictionary definition of your power. Oh, God. Define okay. your terms, baby. All right. I'm going to need some alcohol for that. <laughs> Yes, this might be my favorite homework assignment okay. of all time. And all those people out there who are laughing, um, if you're in the Discord chat for BSY Homework, uh, this is your homework too, y'all. Oh yeah, so everyone. Step on up. <laughs> Get in there and write it out for and, me. And you still have to say, and I am beautiful. Okay. I'm sorry, the assignments are cumulative. <laughs> cumulative assignments. Us. Exactly. Yes. I'm a preacher. You know, and I think I'm a good one and I'm not going to manipulate anyone into being part of my flock. But if they want to follow me, if they want to listen to what I have to say, you know, if what I can tell them can elevate them as I elevate myself, then okay, then I think that that'll work. So my yes this week is a yes to power and a yes to trusting myself that I would never use it in a dark or harmful way. And I'm in. It'll preach. I'm a preacher. (laughs) That's my power. (laughs) (laughs) story hallelujah story hallelujah baby story hallelujah baby (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and we end it with story hallelujah story hallelujah (laughs) it's one of my absolute favorite moments from the show i just love it so much oh god i think my favorite part of that clip is when you sign the homework and i'm like i knew it I'm like, I finally get the chance to assign the defining of terms. <laughs> I know, my God, this is what you've been like living. This is the moment you've been living toward your whole life. Yes, it <laughs> only like... took 27 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but we made so it happen. Funny. We made it happen. <laughs> All right. So my next clip um, is one from BSY24, which was a really big episode for both of us. We both shared some really difficult stories uh, from our experience in that one. And um, I think what I love the most about this clip is just um, our friendship. Like one of the things I've heard people say this so much that, you know, BSY is about all of these things. But one of the best things is us as friends, like who we are with each other, who we are together. Um, And I think that this clip illustrates that pretty nicely. And so I do think it's helping. um, And I think it's about integrating. And I think it's about Mm -hmm. owning stories. And and I don't think you can do that without telling your stories. 
Yeah, no, I think that that's really true. It's just, it's so, it's so funny because I, I dragged you into this thing, you know? <laughs> into this space where you're talking publicly about things that, that some things that you di- hadn't talked to your good friends about, you know, yeah. um, up until that point. And, and I do see like this transformation in you, you know, um, but I also see how incredibly difficult it is because in order to reach that space, you have to process a lot of trauma that's been shut up in a box and then wrapped up with tape and then put mm-hmm. into a coffin and then thrown at the bottom of the ocean, you know, <laughs> um, that you're, you're unwrapping all of this stuff that you've shut off for so long. And, and, you know, uh, partially I'm like, I'm, I'm glad because I feel like I know what that openness does for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I want that for you, but at the same time, having gone through my own split, you know, of these two parts of myself that I need to integrate. And especially in this past two weeks, uh, struggling with that quite a bit because I had kind of an explosive integration happen to me, which we will talk about a little bit later. Um, I know how difficult that is, how painful that is. Um, and I hate seeing you go through that pain. And I feel like I'm the one who dragged you into this place. Like, come with me into this arena where you're going to get the shit beat out of you on a regular basis. But no, trust me, it's going to be good. <laughs> No, but the difference is, is that you're there loving me through it. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that the power of having someone say, open up this story, let me put light on it, bring Mm -hmm. me your shame and let me give you empathy, right? That is the formula of fierce friendship. That is the formula of true kindness. Ah, I love that. It's so sweet. (laughs) I love hearing us be best friends. I love you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm glad that we had a good moment about friendship and and how we do love each other at the beginning of what was a very difficult episode. Yeah, that was a a really, really tough episode. And I think that, you know, us being there to support each other was the only way either one of us could have done it. Oh, absolutely. No question. That was, Yeah. But I love you so much. I love you too, baby. So um, to follow that with one that was a little bit lighter <laughs> and mixes all of my favorite ranting and preaching. Um, <laughs> this is a clip from one of my favorite episodes we did for Big Magic. When we uh, were looking at all the fears that Elizabeth Gilbert had listed and you were like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> And then this pulled us into the idea of the big sloppy wet kiss, which I adore. Yes. That was really fun. Um, Now that I have this clip in short form, I'm going to play it every time I sit down to write because I think I need to hear this every single day. Get y'all fired up. (laughs) That's right. I'm not scared of being creative. That's not where my fear lives. Mm Mm-hmm. But then when I read through her list, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I do have some of these. (laughs) But you had a much just eloquent, fantastic rebuttal for all of the fears. So how do you want to? Okay, I'll I'll go through a lot of them. A lot of them were outcome oriented and I just didn't bother with those. But I mean, a lot of these I looked through and I was like, okay, you know, um, you're afraid you have no talent. 
To which my response is, talent is overrated. It is so overrated. I am not sure it is even necessary. Yes, talent will make the thing that you're doing easier to do. Absolutely, it will. Um, when you're naturally good at something, you form a harmony with that thing, and it's easier to dance with it. And I will absolutely grant you that. But talent is not, talent is about the harmony and the ease with which you can approach that particular brand of creativity. It is not about the outcome. I have known lots of talented people who were lazy as fuck. And the mm-hmm. thing is, is that hard work work and dedication will get you further than just, you know, sheer born talent every day of the week. And people with amazing amounts of talent who will not work get nowhere, nowhere. So it is about, do you love this thing? Do you want to do this thing? You know, is this something that matters to you? And that would be, would give you something back. That's the only question that you have to answer. Talent doesn't matter. Joy is a more important indicator of what you should be doing than natural talent. Um, So that's the first one. Uh, You're afraid you'll be rejected or criticized or ridiculed or misunderstood or worst of all, ignored. All of those things are going to happen. All of those things are going to happen. They happen (laughs) to everybody. Um, There's no way to avoid it. So stop being afraid of it and just embrace it. Like that's everybody's experience. You are absolutely not alone and it doesn't matter. Um, You're afraid that somebody else already did it better. You're afraid everybody else already did it better. Um, And the thing is, is that the most valuable thing that you bring to your creativity is you. And no one can be you better than you. So that's nonsense. Um, what's another one? You're afraid you won't be taken seriously. You won't get over it. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, as soon as somebody does, remember the, um, what was it? Not good enough. Who do you think you are? Right. That yes. spectrum. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the thing. Uh, you're not going to be taken seriously. And then you're going to feel like, you know, nobody's nobody's appreciating your genius. And then when people do take you seriously, you're going to have imposter syndrome. You're going to be like, well, I don't deserve this. This is way too much for me. You know, it's all of that. Um, but seriousness is not the goal of creativity. Joy is the goal of creativity. And that joy comes in the moment of creation. So you don't have to worry about it. That's outcome. You don't need people to take you seriously. And if they do, you're going to feel like you don't deserve it anyway. So it doesn't matter. Um, here's another one. You're afraid that your dreams are embarrassing. Of course, all the best ones are. So that means you're on the right track. That's great. Um, <laughs> you're afraid that you don't have the right kind of discipline. Well, take whatever discipline you have and apply that. You know, work with what you've got. Work with with what you have. You have any discipline? Do you have no discipline at all? Then, you know, work with what you've got. That is all the discipline you need. You have to be able to set a timer and you have to be able to turn off the internet. If you can do those two things, you've got all the discipline you need and you can work with that. And that's totally fine. Um, you're afraid you've neglected your creativity for so long that you can never get it back. Okay. This one. All right. So I had two of these fears that stuck with me. This is yes. one of mine. It's a big one Okay. because it feels true and it sort of feels permanent. So I'm just, this is, this right. is definitely for me. I feel then like my I have- answer goes right out to you, Kelly. I'm going to tell you, Dr. (laughs) Kelly Jones, right, that your creativity is in love with you. Your creativity (laughs) has got a stupid, messy crush on you. It wants to give you a big, sloppy, wet kiss. And no matter what you do, it will always come back if you call it. Your creativity loves you the way your dog loves you. There is no way 
that you can you can piss your creativity off. Your creativity is not going to leave you. You know, you may get disconnected from your creativity for a while, but all you have to do if you want it back is call it and it will come and it will be so happy to see you. I love that idea. Well, there you go. Big sloppy wet kiss. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> Big sloppy um, wet kiss. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Big sloppy kiss. kiss. I love this so much. Joy is the goal of creativity. Like, oh, Bonnie, yeah. you're so good. I oh, just thank love you. hearing you talk about this. I get all fired up. You know, it's funny because I can hear it in my voice when I get all fired up like yeah. that. I'm like, that is a very particular brand of Lonnie. It really is. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, thanks. All right. So my next one is actually uh, from episode number nine. Um, And it was, I always felt bad about this, you know, when I would tell you that you were playing small, you know, because I I didn't mean it to be mean. I meant it as... I know, but it always feels mean whenever I think about saying that to you, but it's just, (laughs) well, you know... Reframe that shit, bitch. Reframe that shit, bitch. Yeah, you know, I'll just just play the clip because everything I have to say about the clip, I basically say in the clip, so... The more honest I get about stuff that I would open myself up to and try, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the more it immediately opens the, who the hell do you think you are? Yeah. So, I mean, being aware of that is a good first step, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's big and it's strong and it's, it's, you know, it's a big bad. Your first instinct though of, oh, that'd be cool. That's the right one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just letting you know, that's the right one. The, who do you think you are thing? Yeah, it is. It, you know, never good enough to who do you think you are? And you're always one or the other. There's no middle Mm -hmm. ground, you know, where you're just in the Goldilocks space, right? You know, there's none of that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you are uh, like, who do you think you don't think, okay, what am I trying to say? Who do you think you are? Like you are so much more than you think you are. You absolutely would be amazing at the moth. And this presentation that you did, even though I don't know anything about it, I can tell you just, you know, based on knowing you, I'm sure it is fantastic. If it got past your, you know, your own like self-criticism for you to be like, yeah, it was pretty good. Then, I mean, it's got to be like amazing. I'm sure it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. That well, it is a co. To... Yeah, it's a, it's okay, a co-presentation. I'm sure, I'm sure your co-worker who yes, worked with you on it was all so wonderful. Yes, um, But was. so were you 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 know and I think that you would be amazing all this stuff and I I want so desperately for you to get past the who do you think you are thing because I think the things that you would be able to accomplish if you didn't have that voice in your head you know stopping you from doing it would be just amazing like I, I gotta tell you that work that I read from you this week was fantastic oh, I mean it was you. legit That's- Good. Like, so I, I want to see you do more of that. I think you have an incredible amount of talent. And I think that who do you think you are? You don't even know who you are. You don't even I think know. That's you part don't have the, the slightest clue of yeah. how amazing and talented Aww. and wonderful you are. Like, I, you don't know. You have no idea. Like, there's that thing in Buffy, right? In Restless, which is the the season four oh, finale, yes. which I still, I you know, it's not episode. my favorite. I, I like, like it. Restless. Uh, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad. Let everybody else love it enough that I can get away yeah. with it. Not I do it. like that one. But there's this one line from Tara in the dream sequence mm-hmm. for Buffy where she says, you think you know what you are what you're to become but you haven't even started or something like that right yeah um and uh and that's what i feel like 
you are right now. Like you think, you know, you have no idea, you know, of, of all of the wonderful things that are within you and all of the talent and strength and like amazing work that you can do. And you just have to shut up that. Who do you think you are? You know, it feels it's so hard. Yeah. yeah, it's so hard. And it, it, it just immediately feels audacious and like you're immediately crossing this line into I think I'm special that is so oh, incredibly uncomfortable. Baby, I hate and to break the news to you. You are special. <laughs> I hate to break the news to you. You are exceptional. Yeah, the C, you're supposed to be sweet, not special. Anyway, it's going to be, this is going to be a thing. I'm going to battle right, this thing for a while. You, okay, you know what? And here's the thing. My thing, I think, was rising strong, right? Because I was in the middle of like complete, you know, my whole life falling apart and all this kind of stuff. I think that yeah. when we get to big magic, that's your thing. Like we're going to we're going to push you through big magic. And by the <laughs> end of that, you are going to shine. You are going to transform in that process. I love big magic, but I, I cannot magic. wait to read big magic with you because I read big magic like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. I read it like this magical manifesto of Elizabeth Gilbert's life that I think mm-hmm. is incredible and wonderful and awesome, but in no way does it apply to me. <laughs> so no, the, the, the thought of reading through that with you is going to be incredibly challenging, but it's also going to be wonderful. And I'm, I'm really excited. looking forward to that. Yeah. No, because like, here's the thing. And this is what I'm going to tell you, you know, and you can accept this or you can reject it or whatever, but you are you're playing small with yourself with your talent with what you're capable of you're huddled up and small um and the thing is is that you your talent your abilities what you can do what i see in you um is not small so you need to stretch out and you need to take that space and you need to to do your thing because I think that the things that you do, I mean, this is what you do while you're playing small. This is what you, the things that you're accomplishing and doing while trying to be small are amazing. When you stop curling yourself up into a corner to take up as little space as possible, what you're going to do is going to transform the world. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. So I'm just I'm letting <laughs> you know, this is what I see. All right. Okay. This is what I yeah. see. And you can laugh have, at me all you want. No, I have no words for that. I, mean, <laughs> I have I have no comeback to that except to think, oh, you really think you yeah. have I, I have, have to, no words. I got nothing. You're gonna have to trust Thank me. Thank you. You're just gonna have to trust me. Like I have absolutely no doubt at all about what like mm. a lot of this stuff, this rising strong stuff, I haven't been on firm ground, but like when it comes to the creativity, when it comes to, to the the abilities that I see in you, like I have no doubts at all. I know exactly what I'm talking about. So anyway, we'll get to that when we get to Well, Big I do Magic. appreciate that. Uh, yes, oh, and so no, now no, that my face is red and I'm, you hate it when I say stuff. Like I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. <laughs> Have you gotten any more comfortable with that kind of stuff um, since the beginning? From, yeah, from you, I have. I think okay. part of it is just learning how to receive that kind of love. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, oh my god! I remember sitting there. I mean, my face was 
burning up and I was like fidgeting and going, oh my gosh, I can't even with this. And, and I think just being like understanding that that message is a message of love from you and, and being able to receive it that way. I've gotten a little better. Oh, good. Because <laughs> but... I always feel bad because I know how much you hate it. I know how uncomfortable it makes you. And yet I cannot sit back and not tell you these things. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable, but I'm also right. So just deal. <laughs> <laughs> Reframe that shit, bitch. I'm Reframe right. Reframe that shit, me. bitch. Just right. listen to me. No, I need to. I need to listen to that clip every day when I wake up. <laughs> you should. You should. No more playing small for Dr. Jones. <laughs> no. Well, um, I'm going to follow that with one of my favorite Lonnie clips. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, when you turn that love that you have into the community, this was one of my favorite moments from, from the whole run. Um, when you got a little drunk on power and <laughs> started this and I am beautiful, um, movement, I guess, yeah, that, right. and, and just watching it light people up and, and the response that we got and the way that you encourage and empower people, um, the way that you love to see other people step into their power and, and the way that it builds on yours is just something about you that I will always love. Um, so this is a clip from DSY27, and I am beautiful. So <laughs> Friday night, mad with the power I get from being the leader of this community, I went to the BSY homework channel and I said, new rule, once an hour, everyone here has to add the words, and I am beautiful to the end of what they say, whatever they're talking about, or we're going to say we can't hear you. <laughs> yeah and, thanks yes exactly so that happens yeah people come in they start talking about something we're like we can't hear you and then they're like and i am beautiful you know and then they go on um but people don't have to be necessarily even talking about beauty or about these issues they can be talking about anything and they don't have to mean it they just have to say it and so suddenly we got the flood of wonderful seemingly incongruent messages i went grocery shopping and i bought cilantro and i am beautiful Yes. <laughs> My kid said fuck when she stubbed her toe and I am beautiful. And they're just, I mean, those aren't the actual messages. The actual messages are not mine to share. I'm just giving you a sense of the kinds of things that were going on in there. And what happened was it, it became this like very powerful thing for every person who tagged and I am beautiful to the end of their posts. I felt a charge from it, like through my whole being. Every time I saw those words, I got this charge that was just saying, yes. This is it, mm -hmm. you know, and I said it and I am beautiful and I made Kelly say it. I made everyone <laughs> say it. Right. And so I would just come in there and hound people just say it. And I am beautiful and I am beautiful. And at first it was awkward and it was weird and people were uncomfortable. And then eventually they really got into it and it became this thing. And it's just the beginning. I mean, personal beauty is one of the things that we are denied from seeing in ourselves by people who would have us shrink away so that they could take up more space. Right. And fuck that noise. Yeah. I am beautiful. <laughs> and so are you. And this is just where it starts. Beauty is not the only thing that we have to claim. This is just the beginning. And this is just where it starts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love this. <laughs> fuck that noise god all of our favorite clips are just me saying fuck right <laughs> yeah <laughs> why wouldn't they be 
So one more time for everybody in the back, what are you? Oh, God. And I am beautiful. Oh, thanks. And I am beautiful, too. (laughs) Smart ass. (laughs) That was a lot of fun, I have to say. Like, that was one of the first days, you know, and I remember it so clearly where I, I just like felt fully myself. I like went into that community and I was like, no, you're going to do this thing. And, you know, it wasn't about the trauma and it wasn't about the abuse and it wasn't about anything. It was just about here's this moment with this community. I'm going to fucking do this thing, you know? Yeah, it was was fun. It was really, really fun. I had a good (laughs) time with that. Well, I have to say, um, we are following this up with uh, one of, I think, the most powerful moments for you, um, which I love. And we have it's a seven minute clip, but it's worth every second. I think it is. It's so fantastic. We would, you know, we would do these things every week. We would have, you know, talk about the homework, talk about your reflections. And you started coming in with these incredibly powerful, like poetic statements. And you would just go on and do this run. And they were amazing. But out of all of them, this one from BSY number 27, known colloquially as And I Will Stand, (laughs) is honestly, I think my favorite moment for the entire show the entire Aww. run of the show this is one of my favorite things and uh, and now I'm going to share it with everybody else and I am feeling stronger oh, I think for good. the first time in a long time because there's fire in me mm-hmm. and it's fierce and it's mine and I don't care how many times I have to remind myself of this yeah. I'm going to keep reminding myself of this but you can only douse a flame so many times without expecting the embers to die and I have done that mm-hmm over and over and over again but the fire is real and I'm done trying to tame it done I have cried enough and anyone who loves me is gonna have to love me like this oh, I love that you know and I've I've been rumbling with heartache and grief and I think in some ways this may always be the case mm-hmm. but I can hold love and loss in my heart at the same time and there's a big difference between heartbreak and being broken mm-hmm. And I'm strong enough to carry heartbreak, but the fire tells me that I am not broken. And I don't know if it's from the Aquarius season or a new moon or being drunk on some truly excellent poetry, (laughs) but like I feel this fire again and I'm stronger in flames than I'll ever be in tears, stronger in storms than I'll ever be in quiet. And even when I'm rumbling and reckoning with heartache and fear and change and desire and creativity and badassery and love, I'm stronger dancing with the thunder than I am curled up on the ground. And so the arena be damned. I will stand. But I've learned that I don't have to stand alone. And having strong friends stand with me does not make me weak. And so I've always tried to learn from other people. And now I'm learning how to lean on others and not just lean on them, but lean into them. And sharing myself in the process and being vulnerable enough to be open in the leaning Because ideas of giving and receiving have always challenged me and learning to not only accept, but to ask for fierce kindness when I need it, learning to receive love as deeply as I give it, turning to friends, not only for empathy and support, but also for encouragement, strength and insight, inspiration has been an incredible lesson and one that has changed me. And I am better for this integrated understanding of love. Because the goal here is not some equilibrium between guilt and shame or between never good enough and who do you think you are or even between fear and desire. The goal here is joy, 
fierce happiness, courage, creativity, and the call to adventure, and I want to choose magic. But I'm just now beginning to understand what Brene Brown meant by brave and brokenhearted. And this requires a deeper and truer appreciation of myself, which requires a lens made of love instead of the broken lens that I usually use to look at myself. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, this was triggered by writing. Mm -hmm. So sharing that SFD last week was an incredibly difficult decision. When I was editing the show, I deleted it and added it back at least half a dozen times. Mm -hmm. But the idea of sharing vulnerability in real time tipped the scale in favor of leaving it in, unedited, word for word, true to the raw first draft. And so I'm really surprised and like tickled pink that some folks liked it and liked my writing style. But that piece was written from a place of fear, not from a place of poetry. Mm -hmm. And I could not see any beauty in it at all until you showed the beauty in it to me. And so I think like looking at pictures of myself, the lens I use to read my own writing also seems to be broken. Mm-hmm. And this is why we have to be mirrors for each other so we can show those we love their own beauty when they can't see it for themselves. Because I know how to love someone else well, deeply, passionately, fiercely, or even quietly, but I don't know how to truly love myself. Because love is what I give and not really what I believe I deserve to receive. And the broken lens is at its strongest here. Yeah. So Pete Rollins said, love is like light. When we are sitting with friends, we do not think about the light that surrounds us, but only of the friends that the light enables us to see. Love, in a very precise way, enables us to see. Love does not make itself visible, but rather makes others visible to us. Love does not exist, but calls others into existence. Love does not stand forth, but brings others forth. Love calls everything into existence. And I can't shake this idea, right? It's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Now that it's in my mind, and I I just keep wondering, like, what am I calling into existence through love? What does it enable me to see? And how does it enable me to be seen? What is calling me, bringing me to life, igniting the fire? And what love am I open to receiving? Because if love calls everything into existence, can we call it down like the lightning by turning into it? By returning it, by making it, by understanding it as a force that is and not an object to have. I don't know. It's just lit my whole brain up. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the big idea. It seems to me that if love calls everything into existence, it means that we are, all of us, well and truly lovable. Mm -hmm. And that idea has a hold of me now and it won't let go because the rules of the universe can't be different for me. Right. Hi, holy podcasting priestess or not. (laughs) (laughs) The rules have to apply to me, too. And the simple fact is, I have been called into existence. I am here, standing, open, maybe for the first time in my life, to real love, brave and brokenhearted. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's that simple, and I don't think I can flip the switch and suddenly love myself well, and I don't think I can move from explosive integration to synthesis to the top of Maslow's pyramid and just enjoy the view from that high place of (laughs) (laughs) self-actualization. But I can see and be seen through a more holistic lens of love. And so, of course, this goes back to Elizabeth Gilbert, who said, there are always obstacles. Sometimes it seems there are nothing but obstacles. But in the end, the question will always remain the same. What are you willing to give up in order to have what you really want? Mm -hmm. And I think now, finally, I can give that passionate question of what do you want a real answer? Because what I want now is love. 
real and deep, magical and romantic, messy and imperfect, but fierce and whole. I want that kind of love. And it feels like the universe has been asking me what I want, and I've been dancing to the edge for an answer and then backing up for fear of what might happen if I actually answer the question. Yeah, right. But <laughs> not anymore. And I'm willing to give up that broken lens in order to have what I want because I have to. Mm -hmm. I want writing. I want magic. And I want love to see and be seen, to call and be called. I want love. And so I have to give up the idea of not being lovable. So it's lovability and divinity. And here we are again. <laughs> but now it can be an act of choice. And for me, romantic geek that I am, that answer is always going to be love. Mm -hmm. Except when the answer is 42. Because sometimes it is. <laughs> so all that to say, got that universe? Was it clear enough? Did I define my terms well enough? Yes? Good. Now bring it on, baby. God, I love that. I uh, love that so much. <laughs> now bring it on, baby. That is the best. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I can't believe that I read it on the podcast. <laughs> no, I think it's wonderful. And I love how you would write these things that it would just be poetic, the way that you would express everything, you know? Um, and I just, I, I listen to that every time I listen to it, I get all fired up. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, it was so, <laughs> so good. And honestly, I think part of the reason why it's my favorite part in the whole run of the show is because it's so incredibly powerful, so beautifully written and so beautifully spoken, you know? Um, but mostly it's because I think about where you were at the beginning of the process mm -hmm. to that you went from that, that person who was, kind of unsure, you know, kind of really wanting to like lean back on her citations and her term definition <laughs> and talk about the book and not talk about herself. And that you moved into this person that said, I deserve this. I'm going to claim this. I'm going to tell the universe this is what I want. You know, um, I love that. I love everything about it. It feels to me like this is the moment that all of this has been contributing to for you. Well, I've been studying for a long time now under a very talented, passionate preacher. So, <laughs> so that we're off. <laughs> we got, this is how you rant. You rant with poetry and I rant with, with the F word. So basically, <laughs> it's all the same thing, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Because I never, ever say the F word on the show. <laughs> no, you're a proper lady. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> Talk about one of the biggest lies that's ever been told on a oh, podcast. Oh, no, stop. <laughs> so this brings us to our last clip. Mm -hmm. um, and I pulled this from BSY22, just talking about the power of storytelling, which is sort of a thesis statement for the whole show. Fiction is holy to me. Yeah. Because stories are almost always better than reality, and magic exists between the covers of books. And once the ideas are in your head, no one can take them away from you. Mm -hmm. And in that way, storytellers are heroic to me because they bring different realities into being. And the writers who did that for me when I was a kid, they saved me, you know, mm -hmm. and they showed me that the things that I love had value and that there were other ways of viewing the world. And that words had a deep power all their own. 
So to me, storytellers are holy liars and stories are holy truths. And the courage it takes to tell that kind of truth moves me to my core. Mm -hmm. So I love hearing writers tell their own stories. And that's one reason I was drawn to Year of Yes. God, I love that. And I've been listening to one of my favorite writers share her stories. (laughs) But I, I really did love the thought of, like, when we first started this, I thought it was about the books. Mm-hmm. But it really ended up being about the sharing of story. Yeah. And that's something that starts, you know, within a book, but it grows and it becomes different when you put yourself into it and when you share it with other people. And I think that's what we've done, you know, mm-hmm. over this last however many months <laughs> yeah. of reading these books together and talking through them and sharing stories and um, just that, that power of sharing, you know, and, and making that story visible to other people. I think is just incredible. So thank you for sharing your stories with me. Oh, thank you for sharing yours with me. And that brings us to our final thoughts, I guess, on this whole experience. So you want to get rolling on that? Um, sure. (laughs) I would say, I think Big Strong Yes is a testimony to the power of love and friendship, story and laughter and fierce kindness. It's the quest for badassery and courage and creativity and the call to adventure for which we will always need each other. You know, this is this is not a path you walk alone. And the whole podcast is still something I can't quite believe I did. (laughs) (laughs) I still can't quite reckon with the fact that I said some of the things that I said. But it's it's changed me in ways that can't be unchanged and that has made me stronger and braver and more open with all of the pain and joy that that brings. But it, you know, also put the crate away in storage and opened Mm -hmm. it up. And (laughs) that was that was really good, you know, and working with you has been a life altering experience, like a mountain climb with a new view at the top of things I never knew existed, you know, and I never would have seen this without you. And this Mm -hmm. kind of friendship is made of real magic. So I'm forever grateful for the new ideas and frameworks and people that Big Strong Yes has brought into my life, but I'm mostly grateful for you. Yeah, I'm grateful for you too. I mean, I think that this was such an incredible experience because it was us doing it together. You know, I mean, I think that it was, the books were great. There were so many really wonderful things to talk about that I think were really important. Um, But it was, it was the two of us kind of doing this thing, having, no idea how this was going to turn out. I mean, I went into BSY with kind of like, yeah, okay, let's do this thing. My whole life has fallen apart. What the hell do I care? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, you know, it's not the kind of thing that I usually do. You know, I mean, most of the people who've been listening to me, listen to me talk about stories, listen to me talk about narrative. It's not usually this personal, you know. Um, so this is sort of like an outlier for the shows that are on, you know, the Chipperish Network. But I really wanted to work with you, you know, yeah. and I needed to talk about the things that were happening to me. And I was like, all right, you know, let's let's do this thing. Then, right? <laughs> so, you know, it was a podcast about personal healing. And um, I'm not quite there yet. There's still a lot to work through. Um, but I've gotten farther because of this podcast, because of this experience with you. Um, and because we did this together, you know, and it's changed my life. Um, so I think that for the people who are listening, You know, like whatever you get out of listening to this podcast, you know, the less obvious thing I would kind of like people to take away is, you know, just do it. Like not to be all Nike about it, but if there's (laughs) something you want to do, just do it. It might succeed. It might not, you know, and it doesn't matter. Just do it. 
You might be ambivalent about it. You might be afraid. You might be unsure if you can pull it off. I don't care. Just do it. Don't ask anyone's fucking opinion. Just do it. You want to do it? Do it. The worst thing that can happen is that maybe it doesn't work out. All right, fine. Then you do something else. You know, I was completely unsure about this whole project when we first started, but I did it. And now I'm so glad that I did. You know, it changed my life. I think that you and I would have been friends anyway. We would have had this connection anyway without BSY, but that we got to develop, you know, ourselves and our friendship through this experience, I think made it all the richer, you know, for that experience. Experience. So, um, you know, my message to everybody is if you want to do something, try something new, push yourself outside of your comfort zone, make a podcast that is completely outside of your brand. Just do it. People only want to do things that they know are going to be successful. You know, they do focus groups and they get opinions and they overthink the hell out of everything. And I'm just going to tell you, don't worry about it. Just do it. See what happens. And when you're done, do something else. Like, perhaps an angel podcast called Still Dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) All right. That's it for BSY. But don't be sad. We are wrapping this up, but we're going to continue to podcast together in Still Dead, a podcast about the television series Angel. If you're not an Angel or Buffy fan, we're still going to be hanging out in Discord. And the BSY channel in Discord is going to continue to be active with the whole community there. I'm sure there are maybe new people coming in who start listening later on. So it's going to continue to be active. You can always find us there. Absolutely. And we will still continue to exist. So (laughs) you can follow Lonnie at Lonnie Diane Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones on Twitter. You can shout out to us using the hashtag Big Strong Yes. And it's not out of the question that we might do a BSY follow-up episode from time to time in the future. That certainly is possible. So I'm going to close this out. We do a closing quote at the end of every episode. But before I get to that, I want to say thank you all so much for spending your time with us these last 10 months. Your encouragement, your stories, and your support has made all of this such an unexpectedly amazing journey for us. So thank you so much for being with us on that. Yes, thank you so much. And We just appreciate it and we love you all. And stay tuned after the music for a bonus audio clip of our most giggly, (laughs) laughter-filled moment from the show (laughs) that we had to throw in at the end so we could close laughing. Yes, absolutely. But before we do that, I got to choose the final closing quote of BSY. And so I choose one from my best friend, the high, holy, heathen podcasting priestess herself, Dr. Kelly Jones, who once said... The heart of who you are cannot be broken in a fall. Big Strong Yes is a Chipperish Media production and is entirely funded by listeners like you. To find out how you can support Big Strong Yes and everything Chipperish Media does, visit patreon.com slash chipperish. Thanks, y'all. How are your reflections this week, Lonnie? <laughs> well, my reflections, believe it or not, we're still about this narrative thing. I mean, it's a, it's a nice idea, mm-hmm. but it is so hard to see things differently. It is so hard to look at the world through a different lens from what you're used to, you know? And my first narrative is always, well, I'm an asshole or I'm an idiot or I'm useless. And I find it really hard to not do that. 
Um, yeah. That is a, a really huge challenge for me. And the thing that you and I have been doing for each other, which I really enjoy <laughs> and would love to see all of y'all do that for each other too. I know in the Discord chat, you probably will. Um, whenever one of us falls into this, like I'm an idiot, I'm an asshole, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the other one <laughs> has started to say, huh, is that the narrative that feeds your soul? <laughs> yeah, it was so hard for me when you just said those words out loud, like my knuckles are over here white because I'm like, girl, don't... <laughs> It's so funny because when you say it to the other person, like when I say it to you, I'm like, yeah, that's good. Is this the narrative that feeds your soul, Dr. Jones? And when you say it to me, I get so pissed off and I'm like, no, no, she's right. But God damn it. Damn it. You know? <laughs> I know. So like, I really have to develop this skill set, but it is, it is really funny because you and I have been saying that to each other for the last few days. It's so freaking hard. (laughs) It is really hard. But when you say it to me, don't you feel like, Ooh, that's right. This is not the narrative of this feeding your soul. Like you feel like you're onto something. You know, when I say it to you, I'm like, Oh, we're onto something here. This is good. You know, and when you say it to me, I'm like, screw you, bitch. I'm an asshole. (laughs) I can see you do it in two seconds. And I'm like, what kind of fucking narrative are you telling girl exactly (laughs) so it's it's fun to be going through that with a partner you know (laughs) somebody who's going through it with you um because it is it is so incredibly frustrating so that is what i have been reflecting on for the past week how about you what have you been doing well you've given me no choice but to reflect on the same damn thing The idea of a truly generous narrative about myself is kicking Mm -hmm. my ass Mm -hmm. because it is so easy to say to you, Lonnie, is that the narrative (laughs) that feeds your soul? Like, so, (laughs) you know, so easy. And and in the text stream, there's like this pause. I know. (laughs) And it's the pause that I love. It know, is like I know oh, what you're yelling at me. <laughs> exactly, exactly, because it's the same thing. But it's so funny because it feels so good to say it to somebody else. <laughs> because like, and it's 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 good hearted. Like I think that it, the reason why it's easy for you to say to me is because you're like you want me to have the narrative that feeds my soul, and I want you to have the narrative that feeds your soul. But when you say that to me, I'm like, no, it's not the narrative that feeds my soul. It's the narrative that's true. Wait, I know. You know. When you say it to me, I'm like, what the fuck? No, this is just true. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it. And I, I feel know. like I need like a scorecard or something because, I mean, God almighty. I know. So, and, it's and crazy. It's, but you ding me on it so fast. I like, I'm like, <laughs> holy crap, because... Like, my first narrative is, you know, I am unlovable, I am selfish, I am ugly, or something equally fun, like, along those lines. And (laughs) you snap me back on it so quickly that, like, I don't even realize I'm doing it. I know, me either. Like, the deep subconscious level of it. It, yeah. it runs like the lines run as deep as the scars on my body and I know. like learning how to rewire that shit is hard as holy hell <laughs> it so. really is and I don't know like it's so it's so good that we both have this exact reciprocal relationship with this oh yeah. you know because it's like because I'm seeing it from both sides I'm seeing it from outside and I'm seeing it from inside you know yeah. and if it, or I was just seeing it from the one place I don't know if I'd be able to like I don't know, get that whole picture. But now when you say it to me, 
I flip and I just remember what it's like when I say it to you. <laughs> and it's also, like, it's also such a fun thing to say to somebody because it really is when you say, is that the narrative that feeds your soul? <laughs> it's like, you damn feel, it. <laughs> like, and I feel like such an asshole when I say it. But <laughs> well, and, but the thing is, is like when you call me out on it and, yeah. and I'm like, Damn it. I know like, <laughs> you don't recognize that's what you're doing. No, you don't. And, and it's so clear. Yeah, it's so clear to someone else. Yeah, you know, and so anyway, but I was gonna say <laughs> to you and the friends who are helping me with this. Uh, I love you. And <laughs> I'm gonna need a whole lot more help. 